0: Focusing on list building and launching, like together, that combination so that you're warming more people up, you have more people to talk to during your launch, I think is really what's like that's one of the biggest things.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, before we jump into the episode, I thought you might be interested in this. Tax attorney Braden Drake, who you've heard here on my show, is offering his entire contract vault for only $30. That means you can save big moolah in legal fees and snatch up his client services agreement for your freelance business. Braden's contract vault comes with an in-depth explanation of payment terms and legalese. It's everything you need to know about contracts to protect yourself and look professional. Grab it in the show notes below. It's the best product out there and I knew you'd want it. Okay, let's jump into the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. I'm so glad you're here. It says a lot about you, that you're interested in learning marketing, that you want to level up, skill up, and be able to implement these strategies with your clients. Your love of learning, and your willingness to put yourself into new situations where you can keep bringing value to your clients is what makes you stand out and will make you a booked out unicorn. I am so excited that you're here because we are talking all about launching this last couple episodes. So if you didn't catch it, earlier we talked about launching emails with Brittany McBean, a pre-launch strategy with Brenna McGowan, and how to become a launch manager. And this is a series to just help us help our clients. When our clients are successful, we are successful, we reap the benefits, we get better testimonials, we get into better client pools, and we really level up. And I don't know about you, I learned so much through podcasts, but if you are one of these people who are like, yes, this is my love language, I wanna be around people who are doing the same thing, I encourage you to apply for my digital marketing work group It is a membership where we have advanced training, we skill up, we level up, and we also have client leads, job leads, networking opportunities, and mixers. So come join us. You can apply. We'll open the doors in a couple months and let you know if you have been accepted. All right, today we're talking about launch ads, Facebook and Instagram ads, with my friend Jen Posick, the ads maven. She has helped me and been a sounding board for my own ads, being able to look at things and help me make tweaks and tell what's working. It's just always nice to have somebody else who gets it, who can give you advice. And the thing I love about Jen is she's so in the weeds with this. She's clearly an expert. She knows what's working and ads are scary it's like gambling. I love it. And it's so scary because you're, you are you don't know what's going to happen with your money. There is no exact equation where what you put in, you get out. And it's full of opportunity and possibility. But when it comes to launching, they're key in filling up our launch events. When our clients have challenges and webinars and workshops, we need these ads to bring in fresh registrants, fresh eyeballs, new traffic. And ad strategies really matter and can make the difference. So in this interview with Jen, I heard two main things. What will truly set up your ads for success is not always the ads itself. It's the funnel, it's the landing page, and it's the work that goes into the card open day. You don't just turn on a button, flip on a switch, and the ads are successful. Jen is gonna talk about list building ads that really set up a launch for success. So let's talk about effective ad strategies, how to help our clients, and how to kind of weasel our way into these services. What Jen and I would do if we were trying to pivot and get into the Facebook ads realm and learning the ads side of business so we can become ads managers. So let's dive into effective ad strategies, what the algorithm likes right now, and how we can set our clients up for launch success. Hey Jen, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today talking all about the Facebook ads. Welcome, welcome.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you. Yes. In full
1: disclosure, you and I have been in the same mastermind. We know each other pretty well. And I've just been so impressed with your knowledge of ads. You've helped me out. And I'm excited to bring you on the show to talk about this because a lot of my unicorns are entering into the Facebook ad world. They're helping their clients with launches. And this is kind of a a component of everything that sets our clients up for success. And you do so well with it. Like this is your jam. It is my jam. (laughs) That is true. Tell everyone a little bit about you, where you're from, and how you came to be an ads manager.
0: Yeah. Hi, I'm Jen Posick, the ads maven. I live in St. Pete, Florida, right by the beach. So how I came to be an ads manager. So I used to teach elementary school. I loved teaching. I loved instilling a love of learning especially a love of reading to my students. I loved like hanging out with my students, teaching my students. I did not love the politics and BS that comes along with teaching in the public education system. And so after eight years of teaching, I stopped teaching, spent some time trying to figure out what I wanted to do next, tried a few things. And at one point, uh, so in 2014, my parents were introduced to a health and wellness product that had a really big impact on my dad's health. I believe it really did help extend his life quite a few years. And my parents have always been entrepreneurs, like as long as I can remember. So they did what entrepreneurs tend to do. They started sharing about that product with everybody they knew. And at that point, I decided to join them in their business. And I had worked with them before, like as the title was as a health coach, but I wasn't really a health coach. I was like following up with like customers and like on the phone all day. And it wasn't cold calling, but I didn't know the people and I am very much an introvert. And like, I often say like, I don't talk to people that I don't know, which is not true. Like I do talk to people when like, when it's appropriate, but I'm not gonna like walk up to a stranger for no reason. So cold calling people, not cold calling people calling people was like the worst. And I was like, I cannot do that again. And I was like, I knew we needed an online presence. So I just decided to start learning everything I could from everywhere I could. So I literally watched like every webinar I could find. I read every blog post. I listened to like every podcast that was out there at the time. And in 2014, it was not the like abundance of resources that are out there today. I remember, yes. Yeah. So I started just applying everything that I could and figuring out what worked and what didn't. And I ended up growing very quickly. I found that running Facebook ads and typically when I say Facebook ads, I mean, Facebook and Instagram because Meta owns both. But at the time it was still just Facebook. So I started running Facebook ads to an ebook that my mom had written to grow their list so that they could sell to the list. And very quickly I found that that was highly effective. So I ended up growing their email list to over 160,000 and that brought in well over 2 million in sales. And so from that point, starting in like 2015, I started my own business just kinda sharing what I know and that's evolved along the way. And so today I work with a lot of coaches, like life coaches, mindset coaches, business coaches, and online course creators to help them grow their email list and fuel their launch events through Facebook and Instagram ads, as well as a little bit of TikTok. And with that, I offer done for you done with you services, as well as have a course for people that like to DIY it.
1: So are you helping these clients when they're not launching too? Is that part of your services?
0: Yes. And part of that is I, I mean, like right now, the way that marketing has evolved, the way that we have evolved as far as like how we pick up information, I think that you really need to be continuously list building so that when you are launching, you have more people that you're launching to who already know, like, and trust you because we buy from those we know, like, and trust. And so it just adds to your launches so much more when you're list building on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a good lesson. So what kind of Ad spend? Are you dealing with as an ads manager? Like, what are these clients of your spending every day? Or like, give us a picture of what they. Looks-
0: yeah. So it totally varies. For some clients, they start off at. I recommend at least a minimum budget of a thousand a month. So if if it's list building, I recommend a thousand a month on list building. So that's getting started at basically thirty a day. With that, you're not able to do a whole lot of testing but that's okay. It just means testing is slower and it just can take a little bit longer. Totally fine if that's what your budget is. I have other clients where they'll be spending, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 a month on their ads for a launch or a launch with also some list building in there.
1: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I mean, I've, I've been a part of these teams that have had those budgets and it's like, it's so crazy, but it's also so powerful what, you know, fueling your launch with these these ads really does because I, I have seen this and this is why I'm talking about it in this launch series, the clients who just quietly open the doors to their programs and are disappointed when they don't sell out. And so can you talk a little bit about why these ads really help us have successful launches? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, I mean, ultimately, it's like if you are doing everything organically, awesome, I think organic strategies go hand in hand with paid strategies, but it's like eventually you run out of your audience. Like you're only going to reach people so many ways, so many times. And so when you are running ads, you're literally just extending your reach of people. And so anytime that you have a launch and I do suggest at least a minimum of like a thousand on your launch ads as well. Okay. I mostly mean like your launch event. So webinars, workshops, challenges, stuff like that. Sometimes I will have clients that will launch by just like literally opening the doors and letting people know like, Hey, here's like program is open, but with Facebook and Instagram ads, the most successful ads tend to be when they're to an actual launch event. With that, it's just reaching people a whole nother way. And it's really focused on your warm audience. So your warm audience, when it comes to Facebook and Instagram ads, that's going to be your email list. It's going to be anybody who's visited your website in the last 180 days. It's also going to be anybody who's engaged with you on Facebook or Instagram in the last year. And then, I don't know, in the last year or so, Facebook also made it so that you can add anybody who has followed your Facebook page. They have not yet added the Instagram page. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, they will have, which hopefully they will, because I think people's Instagrams tend to now be a lot bigger than their Facebook business pages. But
1: yeah. Yeah, my Instagram has officially surpassed my Facebook page, which is That's kind exciting. Of, kind of exciting. Yeah. I mean it's been so slow, but I, truth be told, I am running ads and it has helped me grow my email list profoundly. And I have so many clients and friends who are scared to do it. And I get it. Like first launch, they're kind of figuring it out. They're vetting their offer. They're validating their idea. And then when it comes to second and third launches, I still see them scared. I mean, it's very daunting to do, right? I see a lot of people trying to do it themselves. So what, I don't know, what kind of suggestions do you have there? Yeah. So
0: I kind of agree in that, like the first launch, like figure it out, make sure that it works because Facebook ads will not fix a broken funnel. Like if your funnel is not converting and like by not converting, like people are just not signing up for your, like your launch event, people are just not interested or literally pieces of it are broken and not delivering. I see that happen way too often as well. Like get that stuff fixed, get that working, make sure everything is good to go there. And then it really does make sense to put some money behind it for ads. However, if you're doing it yourself, I absolutely suggest going through a course that can walk you step by step through how to do it. And if you can afford to, I I think it's absolutely a worthwhile investment to work with somebody to either run the ads for you or to work with you to show you how to run the ads. Because Facebook is always changing. Like literally, I think it's like once a week I'm in a client's account, and it's like, oh, that's a new little feature. I've never seen that before. And just because I see it in one client's account doesn't mean I'll ever see it again. Facebook adds things all the time where it's just like testing it out. And like, there was a time when like the ads manager setup itself had like four different layouts, and like every client had a different layout, and it just depended on where you were at with like the updates or what Facebook was testing in what country and on who, like, so having somebody that knows what they're doing to guide you and make sure that you're not wasting time or wasting money. Like I, gosh, with my done with you clients, I have so many times I've been on calls and we, like, let's say it's like an hour to get like their ads up and running. And my client will be like, I was working on that for literally like five hours and could not figure it out. Like those types of statements happen all the time because it's not intuitive. And again, it's always changing. So let's say you ran ads a few years ago, it looks entirely different when you log in.
1: That's an excellent point because I've heard that too from my client pool and my peer pool that it's been a year since they ran ads and they get in there and it's confusing. And I I had a a client who went in there to set it up and she was following a certain training. And I feel like we almost need to get in. I feel like the way we learn it needs to be more like the recipe where you just like get a quick glance. And then you kind of come in and like dive in with each step. But that first glance in the ads manager is so overwhelming. And at that first glance, you should not start setting things up. And one of my friends, she said it took her eight hours to set up these ads. And it was fascinating to me because, I mean, it takes you and I like no time whatsoever. We're so familiar with it. And that's what I love about you is you are staying up to date like you always are current. And... That is, I think, the most valuable thing is, like, when you're not doing it every year, shit changes.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And, like, oh, gosh, if people, like, because sometimes I work with people who, you know, they have run ads, but it's been since before the iOS updates. And it's like, well, there's all sorts of things that now you have to, like, have in place before you can actually run ads. Or I work with a lot of people who, when they first come to me, they're like, oh, yeah, I've run ads, but they've just boosted posts, which the vast majority of the time boosting posts are just going to waste your money. Now I will say I do have one client we're running ads right now to a special and I'm running ads that are like inside ads manager. She's boosting some posts and spending several thousands of dollars on both. Like, so my budget is like 6,000. Her budget is probably about another 6,000. And she's probably got like 20 different boosted posts. Most of the boosted posts I'm seeing, I'm not seeing like, because she'll run them for like link clicks or engagement or whatever. So when you look at that, it looks like they're getting results. But when you look at like the leads or the purchases, like only one of them is getting results. The one that's getting results is doing amazing. The other ones I'm seeing like no results at all.
1: Oh, fascinating. That's really what ads is about. As you said earlier, testing it, seeing what what works, but reading the data... (laughs) yeah it's like a whole nother problem (laughs) i know well and it's so funny
0: because it's like because i do talk a lot about how boosting posts waste your money the vast majority of the time and it's so interesting to really see it play out where it's like okay here is like one client out of like all my clients that i've ever had where like okay sometimes boosting posts for her can work in very particular instances Mm -hmm. but it's very rare
1: Does she have a big Facebook audience?
0: Oh, yes. She has an email list of like Mm 200,000. And yeah, she has a very large audience on Facebook, on Instagram.
1: Yeah. We used to do that a couple years ago with Facebook Lives back when the algorithm really favored it and you could get Mm eyeballs real quick. Like I'm talking 2016. Boosting was a little popular, but oh, you, you know what's so funny? What I see now is a lot of people who are running the ads out of their personal account. And then you have to like go in and clean that up too.
0: Yeah. And Facebook, it will always like default. Like when you go to ads manager, it'll always go to your personal account. And then you have to like click in before you get to like the business account. It's so funny. And that trips people up all the time too.
1: Yeah. So how are your ads different than just for anyone listening who's new? Like I get a lot of e-commerce ads. Like how is that different than launch ads?
0: Oh, they're like a totally different ballgame.
1: Yeah, with
0: launch ads. So it's really two things. It's ads that are running to your lead magnet. And I assume most of your audience knows what a lead magnet is. But in case you're listening, and you don't. So a freebie that you're giving your information for, typically, you want it to be a quick win, easily consumable, like five to 10 minutes. And so some type of a guide, checklist, cheat sheet, a quiz, something like that, you're typically giving that away for free ads to grow your list and then you're selling in the list. Once somebody is signed up in your email welcome series, right? So ads for that work really well to start warming people up so that you've got more people to be able to launch to, to be able to promote to. Plus, hopefully you're making some sales right away from those follow-up emails, from whatever promotion you have on the thank you page. Maybe it's just a consultation to schedule a call with you. So I think that now more so than ever, Those are absolutely important so that you have more people to launch to. Then when you are launching your events, if it's a live event, I like those ads to run two weeks before the event. That gives you enough time to really be able to test in that first week and then really scale up in the second week. Where it's just ads, the whole point is to get them to sign up for your event. So sending them to the landing page of that workshop of that challenge. And then, of course, tracking it so that on the thank you page. And this is one of the things that I see a lot of people have issues with is with the tracking and Facebook pixels and now conversions API as well. So on that thank you page, you want to make sure that you have that standard event pixel where it's tracking and correctly tracking when somebody signs up as a lead or signs up as a complete registration for that workshop that that
1: challenge. I'm glad you brought that up and you'll be so proud of me because I set up my digital marketing assistance for success inside my school where we cover those standard events and the knowledge of them and where they should go because this is kind of entering the world of ads and being able to support your clients. And sometimes the ads managers come back to us and ask us to put it in there. And so I love that I can kind of connect those dots and get them ready for that next level. And so this kind of leads me into a question for you Did you ever take an ads course? And what advice would you have for somebody who wants to start learning and start doing this as a service?
0: Yeah, I have taken multiple ads courses.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, over the years, like, because I've been doing this quite a few years, you know, since 2014. So yeah, I've taken lots of courses over time. For somebody that wants to start doing this as a service, I mean, I think... Either taking a course I think is a great way to get started because it gives you that resource to keep going back to. I have some clients that they're offering it as a service and they might take a course, but then they're also getting some like done with you time with me where it's like when they have clients that they want to serve their clients as well as possible. But they also know that like they don't have all the all the answers because they're just starting out we'll schedule time and then we'll work on their clients ads together. So I think that both of those can be a really great way to get started.
1: I love that because that's the hardest thing when you're new and it's somebody else's money. And someone in my community had just asked this and I'm like, I'm just gonna ask Jen on the podcast. But when you're transitioning to that part, and you still need resources in your back pocket not always a course it's another person who can come in and look at the data and i love that cuz you have that kind of service where you'll you'll help and being able to read it and know the tweaks to make i think that's the hardest part is like i got it set up but how can we optimize it and make it better and that just comes with experience
0: absolutely and you know the other thing with that is a lot of times what i see is it's people having a hard time with the actual setup with getting the ad account ready for ads. I mean, especially because now it's like, you have to place the pixels. As long as they have a platform that allows it, it's setting up conversions API as well. You have to make sure that the domain is verified. And oh my gosh, the number of clients that I work with where it's like, it takes people a while to find sometimes what their hosting platform is (laughs) and like to figure out their passwords for it. Because honestly, like once you set up your hosting, when do you ever need to check on it again? It's like, not until you're setting it up for ads to verify your domain and then setting up the aggregated events inside events manager. Usually it's like those little things that like, a lot of times I see people just needing needing that help with, and then you're right, absolutely. It's like they get the ad set up, but then it's like,
1: okay, how do you optimize?
0: How do you make those decisions about what to test, what to scale, what's working, all of that, yeah.
1: I'm just going to throw this out there because I can't help myself, but if you're listening to this podcast and your client is getting ready to to set up ads, gather that stuff. The host, the domain and all that, gather that in one SOP and one resource that you can find in your business because that's going to set you up for ads. Hey, it's Emily. I'm interrupting my own show to remind you to go grab my roadmap to becoming a launch manager. Save yourself 5K, skip the project and fancy launch manager certifications. Get your foot in the door with these tasks doing these roles right now and start leveling up to an elevated and high paying role of launch manager. Plus being a launch manager is really fun. The adrenaline, the culmination of all your work, you're gonna love it. Go grab that at emilyreaganpr.com roadmap or in the show notes below. All right, back to the show. But what would you say to somebody who's starting, I don't know, maybe their client has come to them or they want to start offering this, like they've taken the course. I mean, I know you had a family business you could kind of jump into, but how would you get started today? Because there's such a discrepancy between, you know, ads managers with all the experience and the new guy.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I would probably start with like list building and focusing on list building because, your clients need list building. I mean, even clients, like even people that have 200,000 people on their list, like they still are growing their list on a consistent basis because there's attrition with the list. People are always dropping off and that that's just like how it goes. Like that's fine, you know? And it's like, there's always like new people looking for what that offer is. And so it's like, I think list building is probably the easiest way to get started. It's not so like stressful as launch ads because like with list building, it's ongoing. They're always growing their list. And once it's running, I suggest getting them running for $30 a day. So that's like 900 a month, right? Mm -hmm. And if your client has less money to spend on it, you can start off at that 30 a day. Once the ads are up and running and doing a good job and they're active, you can scale down when you're scaling up or down 20% of the daily budget at a time, don't just like cut it in half because the algorithm will freak out and the ads can often just like totally stop working. Great job. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. I've seen too many people do that on their own. They're like, oh yeah, I scaled and I like doubled the price because I figured it would be great. And that's like, oh no, like the <laughs> algorithm is so sensitive. Like that's why the 20%. But yeah, you're running them on a continuous basis, you can spend less money on them, and it's not so like high stress of getting it out there. Like with launch ads, sometimes I have clients come to me and the very first thing they're like, hey, I'm launching in like two weeks, can we get ads up and running? And it's like, whew, okay. And if it's like, I will tell you, my like dream client, when she first came to me, she was like, literally, she's like, so I have this event, it's in a week, And I'm like, typically that is not at all enough time to run ads, Mm -hmm. but because like literally she's like my dream client, I'm like, I'm going to make it work. And like, I literally got the ads running the next day, but that was like high stress, high, like, and if you're running launch ads, but it is that high stress because it's like you need those ads to perform and do their job. So it's like, I would suggest just focus on list building because it's so much easier to get it going.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I was thinking about how did I first get started. But first to talk about the dream client, you were smart to jump over those hurdles. I know that wasn't like your normal MO, but uh, you think about the project management triangle and when can you charge the most is when you can do things quickly because that signifies you're really good. And there's always some kind of exception. I just want to throw that out there. There's always an exception. (laughs) If you impress your dream client, it pays off. But Okay, I was thinking about who was the first person I ran ads for, because I have done some of these services. And I cannot remember, I'm drawing the biggest blank. And the um, unicorn in my work group is like, well, how do I edge into these services? And I think more about the backdoor ways where I started learning. And that was placing the pixel that was being a part of a webinar and downloading the list who attended and uploading that as a warm audience. That was also landing pages and thank you pages. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because earlier you said you can't run ads to things that are broken. I mean, I've had clients who have tried to do that. I've had my own things break and I threw away money. I mean, I'm a big black kettle. You know that about my last launch.
0: There was this one time I was in the middle of a launch and I did something on my website and I literally broke my website
1: in the middle of it. I'm like, I just like. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had a client reach her top, she was with a server, like a crappy host. The server reached their max page views and it was the end of the month. So it was like a couple of days until it restarted. So in the middle of the launch, boom, like website down. Because we broke the internet, like Kim Kardashian's. Oh my gosh. Like, how do you not you don't know these things till you work through them? No. You have to make a lot of mistakes. And now I know, okay, does your site get a lot of traffic? Let's make sure we bump it up. <laughs> like for even if it's we have to bump it down later. So, yeah. but yeah, I wanted to talk a, a little bit about the landing pages cuz I mean, I teach this inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School to start helping with these funnels and it naturally l- lends its way to like getting help with ads and you have a freebie to help us too. But here's the thing. If your ad doesn't match your landing page, you're going to have that attrition. You're going to have people falling through. If your messaging doesn't match, it's not always the ads manager's fault, which is why this work is so freaking hard and just not easy to run into. So can you talk a little bit about these mistakes that you see? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: I do have a freebie that goes over like the top three mistakes that I see on landing pages that they take only a few minutes to fix. And when you do, you see an increase in the conversion rate. So a few things with landing pages, you want them to be very simple. So sometimes a landing page will work with really just like the header section. So it's like a nice image on like the background and then like free guide, title of the guide, click here to sign up. If they don't need a lot of extra information that can work really well and get you a really good cost. In general, I like the landing pages to have kind of like three sections. So header section where you've got call to action up there. What is it like again? So that like free guide, free quiz, free, whatever, right? What's the title of it? And like, maybe like subtitle of it and then link to sign up. The next section, I like to kind of go into the benefits. And a lot of times, sometimes I'll make it very simple of like, when you download this free guide, here's what you'll discover. And it's like three bullet points. But sometimes I'll like really draw that out and the copy on the landing page, sometimes it's like almost identical to what my ad copy is. Like you want it to be very similar so that it is kind of like drawing them in. And so I'll just talk a little bit about ad copy because I think it applies for landing page copy as well. Start off with some type of a question or statement designed to like get them engaged. It could be the start of a story. It could be like, hey, are you ready to do X, Y, and Z? Or it could be like a quote of like, I'm so over this happening. Like, can you relate, right? Expand on that statement or question. Talk a little bit about who you are, who you help, and then what you're giving, the benefits of what you're giving, and then end with that call to action. So that button to sign up again. And then the third section, I like to have a little bio about who you are for me, it's really important to me to put my values out there. And that works well to attract like my ideal people. I hear it a lot of like, oh yeah, I was reading through your bio. And like, honestly, like those are the people that I want to work with too. And so my assumption is that it also repels the people that are not a good fit for me.
1: Just so important in any kind of client attraction strategy is we, we don't need to waste our time on the people who are not aligned. Oh my gosh, this is so good. So I actually, one of my services has been writing uh, ad copy and I always go off of the landing page. I could not even involve the client at all and just go off the landing page and I can whip it out real fast. So I love that you have that freebie for us because it will help us get better opt-in rates, conversion rates. And yeah. can we grab that freebie? Oh, yeah. So you can get it at jenposic.com slash skyrocket. And that this is just a great place to start. And then the, some of the other things I've done, too, is helping clients with the copy. So you can just, like, pull all these tips. Right. Uh, I'm going to say that before you went into it. And then the design, the graphic. I, a lot of us have uh, canvas skills and we're able to, you know, we know our clients' brands so well. But do you have any tips on what images are working well right now or what we okay. should do? So. In general,
0: I think you test it. For a lead magnet, I don't think you always need a video. In general, I for so long, like video was like the supreme thing, you know? It's like you always had to have video and it worked so well. Recently, amongst several of my clients, I've been seeing graphics work better uh, mm-hmm. than video, but it's like, you just have to test it and see what works best for your clients. And if they're doing a video, the video, Is going to be very similar to the ad copy, like straight to camera, talking about almost the exact same as the ad copy. So, what you were saying with like pulling copy from the landing page, I do the same thing. I also pull copy from videos as well, because I want it to be in their voice as much as possible. And so, if the copy on the landing page is like not great, it makes it so hard to write the ad copy.
1: (laughs) What a good tip. And I mean, that's a good tip in general when we're trying to capture our clients' voice listening to their Facebook lives, listening to their Instagram stories will always help you make it more conversational and relatable. That's a good tip. And I'm so surprised about video. And I know for years, it was what worked. And we did these organic, you know, selfie videos, and they worked well. But you would think it would make sense now with the way reels are in video marketing, because it's huge. But my clients that I've set up video for We always end up killing those ones first. Like they're not converting, but it's like the stupid, simple graphic texts are what I've seen working. Yeah. But here's the thing, like you really have to
0: test it. Like the ones that are kind of like my go-to is that simple graphic text where, so there's a couple actually, like an image of you or like your positive end result with like text of what it is, like free guide, title of guide, right? square image. And if you are using Canva, which I think most people are at this point, which is so funny, like, I learned Photoshop, like, years ago. And for so long, I was like, no, I use Photoshop. But now it's like, no, I use Canva, because it's so easy and so much faster. Like, uh, yeah, it's so funny. But Canva has not updated the Facebook ad size in years. And so you just want to do Instagram post size, because you want it to be a square image, unless you're doing a separate image for stories, which honestly, at this point, I don't think you need to. I used to always recommend it at this point. I don't think it's required. And if you're using dynamic creative, which recently Facebook has really been pushing now, by the time you're listening to this, maybe they're like going to be onto something new because that's what happens. But if you're using dynamic creative, you're not really able to edit it for different placements. So I would just recommend they all be square, square images, square videos. Sometimes like literally just putting the text on the graphics works really well, like just big text for them to read. Weirdly, the color yellow still works as like a attention grabber. Like I remember first hearing that tip, I think in like 2014, 2015, and it still like can be effective. So that's something to test is like just the text on it. Back in like 2020, they took away very quietly that 20% text rule. So you can put as much text as you need, and that's totally fine. I have one client in the, like, she's like a fitness coach, like weight loss coach. It's a picture of herself in a bikini holding her baby, and that one is, like, totally killing it and outperforming all the, like, typically will work well graphics. So it's like, this is where you just have to, to test. Yeah, Like, it doesn't have any text on it. It's just her in a bikini <laughs> holding her baby, and oh. people, like, love it.
1: It's the client though? Does is it attracting the right kind of person? Because the cop I
0: think it is. Okay. I think it's because, you know, she's talking about metabolism and she's talking about weight loss okay. stuff. And so because it's like here she is like recently having a baby and clearly like getting back in shape. And we all I have- think- <laughs> 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 But I think that that's why it like I think that's why it works so well for her. Whereas other clients when I've tested like an image of like just them it might work okay, but an image with text works better. So it's like, you just have to test it.
1: Yeah. And I think that is the big lesson to walk away from. And that can be hard. That can be very hard in the marketing work that we do because we we can't guarantee our clients results. We can only yeah. uh, promise to pay attention to trends and report what we're seeing. And it, it's true with ads. It's true with copy. It's true with you know the email and the blogging and the SEO work that we do too. And it's very, it's uncomfortable. Yeah because we don't, we really don't know. We don't have control. So what, do you see any trends coming in 2023 that might be here? Because there are, there's a lot of like rumbling about how ads costs are more expensive and strategies are changing. Like, what are you seeing?
0: Well, you know, it's so funny because like, yeah, ad costs are more expensive overall, but I still have multiple clients getting leads for like under a dollar. Like, so it's like, some niches are just more expensive like if you're working with entrepreneurs like entrepreneurs are more expensive especially entrepreneurs with established like six figure plus businesses they're going to be more expensive than like a brand new entrepreneur they're going to be more expensive than like a mom who you know has a job like that's just how it is in terms of trends i mean the thing we talked about it a whole lot is focusing on list building and launching like together that combination so that you're warming more people up, you have more people to talk to during your launch, I think is really what's like, that's one of the biggest things. I think right now, again, dynamic creative is is really big. I think it's a great way to be able to test multiple images, multiple graphics and multiple text, like multiple copies at the same time without spending too much more. Facebook has also recently really been leaning towards as much as they can control, which I don't love, but for some clients it's effective. So some clients all run ads, you know, historically, like lookalike audiences always kind of perform the best as long as it's a strong base audience. Recently, like sometimes I'm using a broad audience for, for clients and it's working well, which is wild. Like the idea that you're like, putting in like the basic demographics and that's it and letting Facebook do its job, but it's like the algorithm is continuing to get smarter. It's the same thing with like dynamic creative where you're giving Facebook multiple graphics and Facebook is testing the combinations and you're trusting that it will put the budget behind the ones that are performing best. It's hard to let go of that control a little bit, but I am seeing that work well in a lot of cases. Um, so I think Facebook is trending towards as much as like letting the algorithm do its thing as possible.
1: Yeah, oh, that's so fascinating and so different than things were when you just had like the super targeted audience. Yeah, you have to give up a lot of control and and trust the algorithm, which is scary. <laughs> so okay, this is so fun. I love chatting ads with you. You know me, I could like keep going and like dig and roll like deep pockets of Facebook ads questions. But where can we find you and maybe send our clients or learn from you? Like what is it like to get in Jen Posick's world?
0: Yeah. So Jen is my website. I'm at Jen Posick, J-E-N-N-P-O-S-S-I-C-K on all of my social platforms. Feel free to reach out anywhere there Also, if you just want to schedule a call, it's just genplastic.com slash schedule. I would love to chat. Yeah.
1: I just want to stress this enough, and I think all of us as service providers can hear this too. So you do like three different main offers. Like You have your done for you, done with you, and then you also have a course where someone can learn with you, right? So can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. So it really varies based on what the client's needs are. And so- I actually hear a lot that people are really grateful that I have like a service suite of things. So when clients like have their ads up and running, they're doing their job, they are like already converting. Usually they're already running ads and they're making six figures, often multi six figures, seven figures, like done for you. Ads management makes the most sense because they literally don't have time to do it themselves. Yeah. I have other clients where they're they're kind of like just starting out or they have the personality where it's like they want to learn how to do the ads but they want to make sure that their ads are actually working and converting and they're not wasting time and money. Done with you is a great service for them. And it's so funny, one of my clients, Rachel Luna, she started with ads management and then we switched to the done with you because it just worked better for her for her personality. To be able to really have her energy in the ads to understand what was happening and make those decisions along with me as we're seeing what's happening with the ads. Yeah, so somewhat it depends a little bit on the personality of the business owner as well. And then I also have my course called Launch Fuel that is for people that like to do it themselves but still having that support so that they are not wasting time and money Um, they've got that support with it, but it just walks them step-by-step through running ads.
1: And it's a little bit more than just ads too, from what I've gathered as well, right? Your launch fuel. Oh
0: yeah, actually it is. So it walks you through everything for list building and everything for launching. And with the list building, it walks you step-by-step through creating a lead magnet, like even giving ideas for lead magnets, how to create it, creating your landing page, your thank you page. It's your whole funnel, your email welcome series, getting your account ready for ads, setting up your pixels, conversions API, verifying your domain, all of that stuff. And then step-by-step through how to get your ads set up, creating your audiences, creating your copy, your graphics, uploading your ad, analyzing, optimizing, scaling, all the things. And then same thing for your launch events with creating the landing pages, the thank you pages, the webinar reminder series, And then running your ads, and then how to analyze your ads once you've run them before and you want it like you're going into like another launch of them so that your ads can perform better the next time around, as well as how to run retargeting ads for your program.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because from launch to launch, we do these launch debriefs and ads need to be part of it. And I'm just realizing I left mine off. (laughs) Oh no. I mean I I was still waiting on a few emails like breakdown to happen. But yeah, like that's a big part of it like to set yourself up for success. So, I love that you have that all together. Is that right for somebody who's a service provider who wants to learn it too? Yeah, I think
0: absolutely. Cuz it really walks you step by step through how to do it.
1: There's a popular ads course out there and I hear it's just so outdated and I think people need to watch out in general who they're buying courses from. And I truly believe, and this is what I stand for, the person doing the work. Not the eight-figure entrepreneur who doesn't do it herself anymore, but like the person who's in there, who knows what's going on, who's up to date with the tweaks. That is just part of who I am and what I I believe. Like You want to learn from somebody who – Is the expert like in the day to day? So I'm so glad you are here talking all about ads. I hope that anyone listening really gains some clarity on what their client should be doing to set them up for success. It's so fun chatting with you, like always. (laughs) All right, thanks, Jen. We'll see you over on Instagram. (laughs) All right, thanks. I seriously could have gone on and on about ad strategies and picking her brain. Jen is the magic behind big launches, and I encourage you to steer your clients to her. Go check out Launch Fuel and learn from her and grab her freebie about the three landing page mistakes you can fix for your clients and help them start getting 50% conversion rates, better opt in rates, better results from their ads. I think your biggest takeaway today from this interview with Jen is test, test, test. Don't be afraid to test. Your clients are counting on you to step into this role and help them figure out what's working and make suggestions for improvements. This is how you level up and become the indispensable unicorn. You have that business owner mindset where you're treating their business like your business. You're not doing the bare minimum. This is what makes you stand out. And this is why I would love to have you inside the digital marketing work group, apply we have advanced trainings, we have your colleagues, we have your water cooler and your shop talk, and we have the encouragement and advice you need to hit your freelancer goals. You can apply in the show notes. We'll open the doors for enrollment in a few months, but get your application in now so you don't miss our next enrollment. Thanks for joining me today. If you benefited at all from this conversation, please please leave us a review on Apple. I could use your 5-star review. It helps me out. And also tag us on Instagram. You can find Jen at Jen Pasek, two N's, two S's. And then make sure you join us next week. We're going to keep the launch conversation going, talking about the launch debrief that I might have mentioned I slightly failed at. I'm missing my ad stuff. I'm going to go back and add it. We're going to be talking about launch retrospectives. This is going to be a really good conversation. Again, something you can spearhead with your clients. All right. I'll see you next week. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Up for success and I never know how to close out a podcast. <laughs> I love it.
0: Uh, that was me. I'm so I was sorry. Like, where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> um.